Okay, we're, we're back. Another exciting episode of Heat Seeking Panther. We were on a short hiatus uh, at the end of last year, but we are back with a vengeance this time. It's uh, because we had to get this one right. Yeah, be- absolutely. And it's been because, in the works for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- this is uh, the second time that we've been able to interview somebody who is actually fucking involved with the movie that we're talking about. And uh, in this case, we have Tim from Jiu-Jitsu, who's the co-producer of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, it's exciting. So this is not a standard episode. Um, this is uh, us talking to somebody who actually was there. Hi, Tim. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> this has been months in the making. I'm, thanks for finally making it happen with us uh, like we were supposed to do this in like november yeah that's right something went down and then we were going to do it again and then i don't know someone got i think maybe that was around when i got covid i don't know it's just it's been a minute but this is this is a big get for us oh yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah it's it's always a big get when we when we actually uh uh, can get someone who's like worked on a worked on an actual project with him. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, because oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, we've we've lucked out a couple times, but um, this is a, it's it's an honor. So um, thanks. Would would you mind introducing yourself? Because I feel like I'm gonna fuck up your name if I try to pronounce it. Oh yeah, no problem. Euthemius Logothetis. My name's Euthemius Logothetis. I I go by Tim. Kind of grew up as Tim. Uh, came into the that that large name when I was applying to colleges for the most part. It is on my ID, but I was told that um, that they might like to see that on there. So since then, I've been going by the the full legal name, and it is Euthemius Logothetis. Did it help get into college? Hey, I I, uh, I got into my first choice. I just wanted to go to school in New York, so I ended up at NYU. So who knows yeah. why? <laughs> It, it's a very uh, uh, royal-sounding name. I, yeah, I don't know I, if that makes any sense, but especially it's like, well, especially to Americans, I feel like yeah. if we it, uh, if Americans hear a name with a bunch of syllables in, in it, that's like one of the places that our voice, our brains go. Yeah, yeah, I, I get I get God a lot. Oh, it sounds like a, a Greek god, you know. Yeah. People do usually know it's Greek, which is interesting. That doesn't that doesn't really sound like it comes from anywhere else to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, introduce myself a little more. Um, well, I mean, you don't have to. Honestly, I was just gonna fuck up your name if I was gonna try to say it. Oh, so. fair enough. <laughs> and I didn't want to attempt it. So we're here today talking about jujitsu, which came out in two thousand. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Twenty. That's what I meant. <laughs> the, the one with the zero. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, and um, I think this is the first film that we've got to in, in the year. 2020. Yeah. So we're, we're almost caught up. You were the co-producer on the film. Correct? That's right. And, and your father directed and co-wrote it. Directed, co-wrote and, um, produced and conceived of, uh, the other writers, his long, longtime writing partner, Jim McGrath. Yeah. So I mean, a, a couple of kind of just big questions that I, a couple of directions is that I want to go in is like, First, I mean, this film specifically, I know a little bit of how it started just from uh, watching an interview with your dad. And, but He gave a lot the last couple of years. Yeah. His PR guys got him on a lot of podcasts <laughs> and blogs and stuff. 
I mean, b- before we're even getting into that, like, this isn't your first film that you've been involved with, right? Have you collaborated with him before, or with other filmmakers before? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, he tried to keep me out of the industry when I was growing up because it was so hard on him. Mm. Uh, then he had some success with the Kickboxer remakes. Um, I started working with him right after Retaliation came out, and we were working on uh, getting the third film in the you know reboot trilogy made. Um, it, you know, we have a great script for it. Whatever, um, Jujitsu got more momentum, and that ended up being the the first one that that went went into production. So I see. I've been trying to make other movies with him, but this is the one that that came together. <laughs> And and he's been in this independent film world since like what the eighties nineties oh like, sure yeah a long time uh, yeah his his list of credits is like really impressive yeah he's been putting in the time yeah yeah he knows just about everyone in the in the independent game and he's worked with most of them slaughterhouse rocks a fun one uh, <laughs> kind of a genre one. Uh, Sleepwalkers was a big one. It's the Stephen King film, kind of groundbreaking uh, special effects film, actually. Um, oh, really? And and visual effects. Yeah, they they kind of pioneered that morph effect. Oh, cool. Um, which is you know. Yeah, everyone a does bit that. Of fun. <laughs> yeah, one of his first projects was um, he filmed a tour documentary for The Knack, My Sharona. <laughs> no, you know. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Isn't that wild? Um, so yeah, he's been in the game for a real long time. He has, you know, great stories about working with Roger Corman and, Damn. you know, knocking around the cutthroat world of independent production. <laughs> it's, but it's he, he didn't, he didn't want you involved in it from the, at least as a kid, he didn't want to force you into it. Yeah. I mean, when I like got conscious, he had kind of been, um, he, he, he had trouble getting stuff going for a while. So he kind of flipped into focusing on real estate. He was, you know, flipping houses and stuff like that. And then a, a string of events happened where he came into um, possession of the King's Road Library um, oh. via a, a partner of his. And that included Kickboxer. Um, oh. So, yeah, he, he ended up being able to make that that remake. And it worked. There was actually some... Um, shenanigans with the the director on that film john um no not john singleton um his name's escaping me the the guy who did blue crush um and he ended up directing the the thailand unit and that kind of got him uh the credentials to just make retaliation himself as the as the director um and that's what put him in the position to to do jujitsu so i see a lot of fun that yeah it seems like that's kind of just the, from what I know about the independent film world, it seems like you really can't try to chart your own career and know exactly where you're going to lay. It's stuff, stuff just seems to come out of left field. All the, all the opportunities that I've heard of, it's like people weren't expecting anything and you you just have to, you just have to hang in there long enough to get them. You're right. Right. And keep talking to people. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, Miles and I were talking a little bit before um, we started the episode, and I think ultimately a, a lot of what I what I want to know, what's interesting to me about this film is the kind of nuts and bolts of independent film production. Because 
a lot of what we've found in going through Nick Cage's films, like chronologically, like we've been doing is, um, you know, a lot of people have been, I, I feel like he's gone through different peaks and valleys of being like seen as a, in the last like 10 or 15 years of seeing as like a, a meme or a joke and then kind of like people taking him seriously again. And, and then I don't know. Uh, and, and I think really what we've seen is that he's just an actor who likes working and, uh, you know, will say, would rather say yes to 10 films in a year, um, that are like independent where he can basically do whatever sounds fun to him and whatever schedule he wants versus saying yes to, you know, one very big budget film that will just, you know, live or die or whatever. He, he, this, he's sort of swimming in these independent waters and has been doing that for longer than it seems a lot of other actors of his stature have been doing it with the same sort of, I guess, like shamelessness as, as he has. And, um, so that's got me really interested in the world of films at this budgetary level where they, you know, they're made for so much, but they really have to just hit like certain market requirements to make their money back either in the U S or overseas and whatever. And I, I just think the whole interest, the, the whole milieu of it is really interesting. And like you mentioned it being cutthroat earlier, it sounds fucking hard. <laughs> it just sounds like, like navigating the film industry period sounds really, really difficult <laughs> and doing it at this level I, I, it sounds like you'd have to be fucking resilient to want to just keep doing it. Yeah. Cause you're going to fall on your face a lot of, a lot at, from, because there's so many moving parts, you really can't, you can only control so much. So it's just like, it, it's just a gamble every time. It seems like, um, Absolutely, you can work, yeah. you can work with the people who you trust, but like you just, there's just so many factors. No, it's been it's been crazy getting to understand a little bit of the mechanisms of the industry and, um, you know, kind of seeing why you don't get a lot of the the mid budget action film um, or the comedy as as well. Um, super low budget works. You the, the, the math works and then hundred million dollar, you know, five hundred million dollar, whatever works as well. Um, but. There's not a lot of people make, I mean, our budgets are, you know, they, they end up around 10 to 12 million, something like that. And there's not a lot of people working around that, that range. Yeah. That's um, about like the top of the independent, like action movie budget. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, with a lot of them, like the, the Emmett Furla films, uh, another production company that, you know, they make a lot of the Bruce Willis direct to video movies and they yeah. make a lot of work with Frank Grillo a lot. He's in, he's in jujitsu. Um, they will end up around, I don't know, four. So then the actor gets that the leads get two, three, and they're making a movie for one. Right. And they have Bruce for three days and right. they can't do anything. And, you know, you end up with this kind of unwatchable stuff. Sometimes it's rejected by the buyers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've that watched must be a couple. Such, yeah. That must be such a bummer to go through that, all of that and then have, have them not pick up the film like at the end yeah. of the day. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I mean, those imagine. producers have uh, find a way to to get paid regardless. But um, uh-huh. yeah, it's 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 wild. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, this is so fascinating because in this film, Nick got five. Is that is that right? Yeah, I don't know if I can speak to it. Uh, I don't think it was quite five, but uh, yeah, he uh, got look, uh, he got a hefty chunk. Uh, yeah, a significant portion, and but then on the flip side, like all the press that I saw for the film was just like Nick Cage. Nick Cage, like you've never seen him before. You know, Nick Cage, he's going crazy. He's fighting aliens. There's martial arts and and stuff. And it seems like that would pay off. <laughs> I don't know. To... Yeah. I mean, we were kind of blown away by the response to the movie. Um, you know, it's hard to really get a sense for it these days. The, the platforms are kind of cagey with the numbers. Mm-hmm. But Netflix has that top movies and, and top content uh in america thing that you can just see as a as a user and we hit number four on on netflix when it when it ended up on there yeah. number four movie in america and damn that's it, impressive it really blew us away because yeah. it was like us and like a michael bay movie and like mm-hmm. you know big studio stuff um i i really do think that nick cage carries that amount of weight i think like it it's funny because the people will rag on him for being in independent movies though they won't I, people just be like oh he's in he's in bad movies or cheap movies or whatever but really he's just been working really hard in the independent circuit for a while right. and and sometimes he lucks into uh, a bigger role that's good but i mean i feel like most of the big studio movies that he's made in the last 20 years have been worse than i'd say like <laughs> i when we do we listed our like top 10 of the the last 10 years on our last episode and i feel like they were all indies yeah they were all indies yeah yeah definitely um but i mean that that's kind of where the industry is pivoting though i mean yeah like no in in general you know because of streaming and stuff and and it's just interesting seeing him sort of at the crest of that wave i'm excited for the unbearable weight of massive talent that feels like an indie studio like that'll, that'll be fun yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we shit, we we might even be able to watch that and review it right after it comes out. I don't know if we're moving that fast. Maybe probably not. But yeah, I was a um, uh, we were seeing the matrix. My girlfriend and I were seeing the Matrix, and that was the trailer that came on before the movie. And I had I hadn't seen the trailer yet, and I was like more <laughs> yeah. excited for the trailer than I was for the Matrix. <laughs> That's great. Speaking of meta, like when I saw, oh, we'll talk about this when we get to Pig. But that it was really weird seeing the movie Pig. Did you see that? Tim, I haven't. I've got to. Uh, everyone seems to love it. Yeah, everyone's raving about it. I, I can't wait. He's great in it. it. He's great in it. But like, I I grew up in Portland, and just seeing Nick Cage go walking around Portland was like a really meta thing for me. Like, I felt like my worlds were like colliding in a really strange way. Oh, um, fun! Because um, we've been doing this for like six years. Like he's been. It's the. It, it's it, both of those things have been taking up like different parts of my brain with like equal weight. So, all right. So l- let's talk about the movie a little bit. Like, and the, I, I mean, I think the, the it, it's pretty easy to sum up the plot, which is essentially that there's an ancient warrior that comes to earth every six years <laughs> through a portal. Like some and, kind of Stargate situation. Yeah. Uh, Stargate situation. <laughs> And wants to fight 
he wants to have like a really good battle and that will send him back into the portal for another six years. And if he doesn't get the battle, then I guess everybody just dies. And he's going to, he's going to kill all of us. Yeah. 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 And, and part of what that set up, we need a champion. Basically, this movie is, um, Alain Moussi, uh, was part of a team that was supposed to send him back. But when he came through the portal, he like chickened out and ran away. And now the warrior is loose upon the world (laughs) and will just kill everybody if he's not sent back through the portal in time and he doesn't get his fight. Exactly. Yeah. He's got to get his fight, which I think the strongest thing about this movie, in my opinion, is like, like that. It has this very simple premise that is essentially just people have to fight or else there will be more fights. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, it's like little boy logic in the, the best sense. Like the kind of thing that you would like the, a movie you would come up with, with, with your friends, whereas like with, with your action ha- figures. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the fun of it is, I mean, and it's explicitly like you guys did it in, there's a comic book. I, I think your dad was writing it as a comic book first, right? That was like the original. Yeah. Idea. It's a, it's a, it's a funny story. So they made kickboxer. He's talking to his distributors and they're like, look, we get decent money from martial arts films, but you know what else really sells is sci-fi. If you could do a sci-fi martial arts idea, we think we could really sell that. Um, so he sits down and he thinks, and he's looking at MMA and he realizes that there's no media property that's claimed the word jujitsu. <laughs> and he's like, this is the term of the current moment of martial arts. And right. you know, there's no Kung Fu of, of jujitsu, you know, and um, the, the show, I mean, and um, right. So he's like, how do I lock down this IP the fastest way possible? So he and his writing partner, write The script for a 10 page comic book, hire uh, hire an illustrator to draw it and publish it. And that locks in the IP um, very quickly. They had that done in a couple months. And then they were, started working on the script and the storyboards and everything. But, yeah, so that was that angle there. We just finished the the second comic book to um, lock up the IP for our sequel. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, get that get that chain of title locked down. Um, and I'm actually really happy with the, the second comic book. The The art of the first is uh, not, not the greatest, but, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, so that was the comic. I, I think it's really charming. Like the uh, the the sort of there's this like sort of like cut and dry like business angle of just like locking up. But like I, I don't if you uh, there's I think it's just really fun to be like oh here's a thing again. It's like this is going to potentially make us a certain amount of numbers if we do it right. So what? How do we right. just do that? And then there's you putting together these these elements, and I th- feel like there's a sense of play in the same sort of way of playing with your action figures of just doing that, <laughs> being like, all right, well, how do we just turn this into, oh, okay, it has to be sci-fi, but also martial arts. So uh, here we go. Let's go. And we got to do it now. <laughs> Let's do it yeah. Right now. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, I feel the same way. Uh, I was just going to ask, are there plans for like a whole franchise or are you just taking it like one movie at a time at this point? Yeah, absolutely. There's plans for a franchise. Um, our distributor is interested in a second one. We're um, actually rewriting. We're doing the first rewrite of that script right now. We don't have Nick locked up, of course. We've got a juicy role for him, though, uh, despite his death. Um, yeah, I was going to say. 
yeah yeah it's uh oh it's i don't know i mean i don't know if i should say but uh yeah, don't it's, don't give it's anything very away fun. but that's, that's it's a it's it's very sci-fi it's very uh very genre um so yeah and you know we'd love to do more i mean as many movies as they'll let us but i think it's ripe for a cartoon i think it's ripe for a tv series whatever whatever we can get going but yeah we're definitely talking about it as our our second franchise next to kickboxer hell yeah so i'm gonna get into some more like kind of detail questions about the movie um why burma the temples frankly um we find those temples so stunning um and another reason that we like jujitsu as a as subject matter is that the origins are actually a little bit unclear, surprisingly, for such a popular art form. Um, it shows up in Japan at some point. Of course, it goes down to, to, to Brazil. That's well right, documented. Right. But where it really came from, there's a mystical element to it. So um, there's some hints that say it could be from that, that region of the world, from some monks and Buddhist monks in that region. And we're saying, well, actually an alien landed there and, and he taught it to them. So mystery solved. That's um, awesome. Yeah. He taught it, he yeah. taught it to them by killing them with it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, cause like you got an art that's all about like defeating a, a much larger, more powerful foe. So we're like, right. Hey, let's go for it. That's tight. Well, what complications did that present to you guys? Burma? Yeah. Oh, we didn't shoot in Burma. Um, oh, <laughs> we shot, we shot in Cyprus. Oh, okay. Cyprus, uh, right. the island nation. In yeah. Greece, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had a great, a really competitive tax credit. They brought, um, they brought Dimitri out to, as a showcase for producers trying to get a, a film industry going over there. And he ended up linking up with a, a partner that was a, a Cyprus native. And, and yeah, we ended up shooting, shooting there. The, the temples are CGI and, um, right. other than the interiors, which were built by our incredible Thai, um, art department, just unbelievable. Um, I think they built the temple interior in about a week and a half. Well, wow, that's yeah. impressive. Uh, it looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. That Buddha was done in like four days. Like they're Damn. maniacs carved from foam by hand. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, Damn. And then there's like a couple, like the, the location I really liked was that field with all the, like, I don't know what that grain is, but it was wheat. Is it um, wheat? we had to, so we were, we were scouting another location and we were just driving out and we were all just staring out outside at this gorgeous wheat field at golden hour. And our DP is like, we we're, were trying to solve this problem. We had this kind of complicated sequence. We didn't know where to put it. He's like, why don't we do it here? So then uh, our production coordinator had to find the farmer and, and pay him to not harvest because it was, you know, ready for harvest. That's why right. it looked so great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he bought. So that was our wheat. We could have we could have made a uh, jujitsu bread out of it if we wanted. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some cross promotion right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> a whole line of sliced bread. <laughs> it's never been done. <laughs> People are always saying they're looking for the next best thing. Just do it again. That's right. We could do a booze from it too. Yeah, that, that, that'd be good. Jiu-jitsu beer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was uh, that was last minute. I love that location too. Cyprus was beautiful. The countryside particularly. They had a lot of rain that year. So there was wildflowers everywhere and Damn. really nice. How did you guys get Tony Jaw involved? So that was incredible. Um, I mean, 
we asked. That's that's the short version. Yeah. But um, Tony Jaw was kind of what sparked his interest in martial arts again. Mm-hmm. Before uh, I was whatever twelve with my buddy vacationing uh, down a, in a, a rental house and down around San Diego with 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 my dad, and um, we would go to Blockbuster. And we rented out Ong Bak, dude, and um, the best. It's and it's we like were, the best martial arts movie of the last however many years, twenty it's years. It's still the best. It's, it's so good. I I don't know why they don't just use that formula. I mean, it's really hard. Um, but um, <laughs> but so we were watching that. And we were just watching it on loop. And my dad came into the room, and you just realized, you know, like, well, shit, like kids are still watching this. Like he watched. Uh, Enter the Dragon at the mm-hmm. theater forty times with his his buddies. He did martial arts as a kid, and and a, and a young adult. And he's like, wait a minute, this is evergreen. Kids still love this. I still love this. Um, let's make this again. So he 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 tried to get Tony Jaw in Kickboxer Retaliation. That that didn't go through. And then it, it kind of aligned. I mean, we we had Nick attached. I think that helped. Um, mm-hmm the the movie's fun it's it's um and we had a we had a good role for tony um and i think the sales to to pay for him um and you know nick plus tony plus sci-fi martial arts that was a a really attractive package for for our distributors so so it just worked out and yeah he was so wonderful really yeah i mean he, he he connected with the local thai community over there and like visited a school and i mean just the sweetest guy Oh, love uh, to hear that. Yeah. You guys give him a really good sequence too. I feel like that that introduction sequence where he comes in, that might be the coolest part of the movie in my opinion. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's my favorite. That's my favorite scene too. That was just a real abandoned village. Um, really? We, we had to put a bunch of scaffolding and stuff up uh, for them to run on. But yeah, it was just a decaying village from the 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 kind of civil war in Cyprus. And yeah, uh, we just saw it on the side of the road and scouted it out. Yeah. I, I love that sequence. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that's, that's when I was like, I could tell that because this is a big difference with that. um, Like what makes this movie work? It knows what it's trying to do and it's having fun doing it. It's not trying to be anything more than people doing martial arts against each other, but it's not cynical about that either. It's not like, yeah, here you go. You'll watch this. Like that, the staging of that and all the energy of that sequence went to the right stuff, which is the fight coordinator, the, like where the camera is going to be just to catch the guys doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say something about this, about the, the fight choreography in this movie that really impressed me was that the, You'll, you'll see a lot in, in these fight scenes, the camera placement or, or the movements or whatever will almost be uh, hindering the enjoyment of the actual fighting. Yeah, yeah. But you guys did a really, really good job with the uh, like cinematography that it, it, it feels like really or, organic uh, to the actual fighting. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm explaining myself. Uh, no, absolutely. But, yeah. That's our biggest peeve with, with uh, martial arts cinematography as well. For a while, it was all the shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Um, often it's, it's, it's too close, but... Um, and it's over-edited too much, too. Like, right. um, you know, I, 
the the beauty of, of martial arts, I in, I think, is being able to see from like a under edited, almost like static shots of people's bodies just moving because then you really get a sense of the weight of the body what they're fucking doing if they're like kicking off a wall and and like you know jumping on somebody it's just people get edit happy because they want it to just be you know at the right rhythm and and kinetic in that way but like all those old martial arts movies they're like shot at from a distance and they let the shots linger long enough for you to see what the person is doing Oh. And Ong Bak was the best at that. Yeah, just throw a camera in the corner. You're super wide, and you're like, "Whoa, he's jumping twelve feet! Like, what is happening?" <laughs> the yeah. Fu- the funny thing too is that you guys have Elaine as the main character, and he's doing jujitsu, but he's like enormous, and it's like it, I feel like typically people who do this particular martial arts, it's like yeah, the smaller dude taking on the bigger dude and, and you have him doing this super athletic shit but he's like what over six one like he's a wild guy it's he's a superhuman i mean he's a stunt coordinator uh stuntman um actor and um but he's also like a really world-class like martial artist martial artist uh, this is a silly anecdote but we were um we were in vegas for a martial arts convention and he visited the UFC training, whatever. And, you know, he's friends with these guys. And um, they had some machine that, like, measures the, imp- the, like, force of your kick. And, you know, he just did it for a lark. He's in jeans, whatever. And he, like, beat their record. Just, like... <laughs> oh, wow. Like, yeah, there's just... There's no... Like, he's just so good. And, like, he doesn't need to be as good as he is for what he does. Like, you can look good without really being good, but he happens to be. And and then there's the acrobatics on top of it. He's a he's a freak of nature. Uh, no one really under, understands it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it's cool, because in the movie, you get a sense of that. You know, like, there's, there's no... Um, you don't feel like you guys... Uh, cheated or sweetened it like via you know too much cgi or or whatever i mean there's obviously some movie magic happening but uh, uh, you you can see that like the actors are the the martial artists are doing what they're doing yeah they can do the things that their characters are doing for the most part it's not like crouching tiger shit yeah i mean that's that's our goal uh with with casting in particular um we really try to get as many real martial artists or stunt actors as we can just because it looks better and it's just so much easier and faster to shoot particularly the lead if we had to double him i don't know how we would have finished the movie yeah Uh, no you need like a jean-claude van damme type that's like yeah exactly oh that's a that's all really nice to hear by the way i'm never sure how it's received everyone that knows me is nice about it but (laughs) oh yeah no i mean i i was really like you know especially with like given given Cage's uh, history <laughs> the last couple of years, we always go into these movies now with kind of this, you know, here we go. Like, we'll see. Um, and this shit like was so much fun to watch. Like yeah. I had, a, oh, I, had so so, I had such a, I had a, I was really, really impressed by, by the whole thing. And, and I think that to Dave's point earlier, it really came through in the movie, how much you guys, we're having fun with it. Yeah. Like, you know, your, yourself, like every single scene, it, 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 there's, there's nothing, it's not weighed down. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, and you could tell that like you all are just having such a fucking blast, like putting this on and it comes through. 
it's so important and it it comes through that's a, a quality that comes through easier in an independent film i've noticed like you know it it can be harder to like really to to capture that or have it be pure in a movie with so many competing large financial giants you know uh push and and constraints but when you have something that is closer to an auteur project something where there's really just like a, a few guiding personalities behind it you can get the sort of homemade sense of a story that's being told by somebody who actually wants to tell it i think that's that's where this movie succeeds because it's like no matter where <laughs> all that all that matters at the end of the day is that it looks cool and that it moves fast and is fun and and it succeeds because it does <laughs> it just it works it's so great to hear we've watched so many independent films now for this where you come away and you're just like well why was this made like who <laughs> wanted this like, like for for what purpose and i that i didn't wonder that with this i was like the purpose is cuz it looks cool and it's like and it's fun it's so good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually the purpose is to make money, unfortunately. And, um, you know, watching what it takes to make a movie like this, um, I see why they don't get made often. You know, it, it was, uh, really difficult to, to get the financing together. We had to find the, uh, such a generous, uh, cash rebate, which means we're shooting in Cyprus. It means we're importing our crew from all over the world. And, you know, it's, you know, if we wanted to make it for a million dollars and, uh, you know, shoot out in New Orleans or whatever and bang it out, shoot it three weeks, you know, um, it probably would have been a lot easier, but, uh, you wouldn't get that, that, that kind of martial arts action. So, right. um, that's, it's, it's so nice to hear that it, that it comes across. Well, uh, what was it like working with Nick? Uh, so I, I didn't get to talk with him much. He, he was on a tight schedule, but he was just such a professional. I mean, the most professional guy on set by far. And that's not because no one else was professional. He's just, I mean, that's what we've heard. Yeah. He, he, got he shows up knowing his lines and, and knowing his mark mm -hmm. and having ideas and, and all. Yeah. He had questions. He uh, went right into a meeting with, with Dimitri. Um, he had some questions. He had a couple of lines that, that he thought you know, he had a, a better, a better version of, or he thought, you know, he wanted to understand why we phrased it a certain way. If he could phrase it, maybe a different way. A couple questions about the character. We addressed it. And then he's like, all right, where are the stunt guys? I want to, I want to, I want to get practicing. And you know, it was like Friday night or whatever, or maybe Saturday afternoon. And he went straight to the stunt guy warehouse and trained with them as much as he could. And, you know, beyond anything we expected. And, um, yeah. And then just nailed it. He had uh, a lot of ideas for the character. He, he saw Dennis Hopper in apocalypse now in him. He wanted to bring some of that to the role. Yeah. That definitely came through. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then, you know, during filming, I would just, you know, I'd be sitting in the director's tent video village and, um, listening to him, him and my dad just talk old movies. Um, he seems so happy to be talking to a cinephile, um, which my dad is more, more than I even. Um, 
and they were just talking about Kurosawa and they were talking about, um, you know, the Godfather and they're talking about French new wave and, mm-hmm. you know, just, just really getting into it. And just such a charming man. Um, oh, and the other thing that I, I was really impressed by was he was so gracious with the government officials. Um, the government officials came to visit the set cause you know, they're doing this big cash rebate. They want to show off and, he was just, he shook all their hands. He shook, you know, he took pictures. He was like, you know, thank you so much for supporting culture, for supporting filmmaking. We really That's appreciate tight. it. We can't do this without people like you, et cetera. And it just, see, it just blew me away. Um, that I see, I love that because it really does speak to this thing. Like not only is it, it it's, he's not slumming it by working in independent film. I feel like he's just an advocate for independent film. Yeah, he really is. Um, he loves independent film. He loves genre films yeah. um, in particular. He really believes in it. And, you know, yeah, he's, you know, he's just kind of a soldier in that, in that army and, and he'll, he'll do whatever he can. It was, it was really inspiring. Um, I didn't, I didn't really expect it. That's very wholesome. Cause there's a lot of movie stars that could retire to their trailer and never make yeah. eye contact with anyone. <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, for me, most actors, frankly, uh, which I, I, I think that's how I would be, um, more or less. Um, but he, he loves it. He really, um, really went to bat. Oh, and, and he did our press conference, you know, just, he, he did whatever he could to, to, to help with the project, which was so kind. Love that. Can I ask uh, about the actual design of the alien? Uh, Please, if, if you have yeah, like yeah. any kind of insight into that, and and also like Absolutely. what was the what was the suit made out of? Like and like how did I'm I'm just impressed that someone was able to fight like that wearing something that looked like a hundred pounds of like latex and rubber. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was the brief, right? Um, so, oh, so we had the idea for the alien. Um, I was putting, I was pulling references. I was pulling Starcraft stuff. I was pulling, uh, Starcraft. you know, yeah, uh, Pro, yeah. I, that, that was my favorite reference. Um, <laughs> the Protoss. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, I was pulling, you know, different stuff I'd find on DeviantArt. And, um, we worked with a couple of, you know, creature designers, special effects designers, um, I'm just trying to remember the, the designer's last name. Um, and we ended up with a, a guy named Rob with a company called Post-Human Effects. Um, Robert like- Hall, that's what it is. Robert Hall, um, Post-Human Effects is this company. He actually just passed away last year, I believe. We got him kind of excited and, and we started going back and forth. Um, something I was kind of pushing for was for him to feel kind of like for the suit to feel organic to feel like the it wasn't like armor but right. like uh like, like a shell yeah yeah like a cockroachy uh thing and i kind of also pushed for it to be asymmetrical um mm-hmm. i thought that you kind of get a lot of the symmetrical things but you know it was it was me and it was dimitri and um and the and the designer and we went back and forth and he he came up with the design it was for sketches and then i believe 3d um and you know once we had approval on the on the general idea um he started fabricating um he got a scan of the performer ryan Taran. he's a a friend of of alan's um 
great stuntman. He, I think, was a double for Aquaman um, mm-hmm. in one of those movies. And I, I, I think he maybe doubled Thor in something as well. Um, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a huge guy and uh, a, a, a great stuntman. Um, Australian guy. So we got him scanned and then they, they got constructing the suit. Um, it's kind of, we have, we have it in our office actually, um, on a mannequin. Um, it's kind of like a wetsuit material. That's kind of the feeling. It um, must've been so hot. It was insane. Uh, keeping him hydrated during the fight scenes was a full-time job. Yeah. Um, we, we would call cut and he'd, you know, get his water and he would like open the suit and just like a bottle of water would pour out. Um, God. it was oh my God. horrific, but that was the job, you know, he was, he had a great attitude about it. Um, of course, but yeah, he, I mean, I was so happy with, with that performance. He really gave the character a lot of personality and yeah, he did. And he needed alien. to with the body. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, cause you know, we hoped to have a more involved, uh, effect for the, the visor. Mm-hmm. Um, the visor was done in post. Um, it was just cut open on, on set. Um, mm-hmm. and we hope to have some more like lights or signals, but it proved too, too expensive. But I think he carried it with his, um, with his acting, thankfully. Um, yeah, definitely. And, he moved. and there's, there's a certain sense of like, uh, it seems it seems dangerous and imposing, <laughs> which is oh, like, great. you know, which, which is good. Uh, it's like, I wouldn't want that fucking thing staring me down. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think another reference was the, uh, the robot from lost in space. That was, it was kind of <laughs> halfway between that and, and, uh, and the, and the Protoss guy. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's tight. That, that's great. Yeah. Uh, we were happy with Brax. Uh, can I ask about a really small moment that I'm curious about? Please. Um, the part where we first meet Nick Cage's character and he's in his like hut um, and it's it's sort of his like introduction and he's like, I'm crazy, by the way. Um, he he has these paper hats that he made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where? What was the impetus for that? It's in the script. That one's in the script. He had some lines that that weren't. Yeah, because I thought that might that might have come from him. My understanding of it, I never asked Jim, um, the co-writer, specifically. But the way I read it was always just to illustrate that he spends a lot of time alone. Alone, here. yeah. What were some of Cage's uh, improvisations there? Like what, what, cause I'm always trying to parse out like what he's doing. Cause it's, especially in big moments like that, he seems to always have ideas of stuff that he wants to add. Yeah, he did. God, one of them was, um, he added on to kind of get something to eat, like a noodle or a pickle. I think he, I think the pickle was added. <laughs> um, Oh man. You don't have to remember them all. I was just, I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to think if I have one more, I think he had a rewrite of some of the walk and talk in the sun where he's kind of just downloading all the exposition onto Alon's character. He's like, here's the mythology. I think he kind of rephrased some of that to be a little more topper like, right. Um, right. But I, I I can't think of a poll. That makes sense. Yeah. 
if you think it's him, it probably is. Um, some of the stranger words. Right. That's yeah. cool. And, and uh, what can you say about uh, the rest of the cast? Marie Agaropoulos from mm-hmm. the 100. She was terrific. Her fans are unbelievable. I mean, if we post anything with her anywhere, there's just like 40, 100 fans you really? know, like at Marie Agaropoulos. Yeah. Um, sure. She has an incredible fan club. Um, she was really sweet. She and Elaine started a romance on set. And as far as I know, they're still together. I haven't heard about a split, um, which was very cute. Yeah, Um, I know. She was she was great. I was I was uh, really happy with her performance. Kind of wish we didn't kill her off. But yeah, say la vie. (laughs) What about Juju Chan? She was terrific too. She was another person that 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 went straight to the stunt department. Um, she's an incredible stunt performer, particularly, uh, and she's got a great look, which she's uh, very proud of and very carefully maintain, maintains. Um, I think we posted an unretouched photo once, and and we 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 heard very quickly about it from her uh, <laughs> her management. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, she was terrific. Um, yeah, it's 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 incredible to see some of these people move. Um yeah. particularly when they're acting as well, you know. You you assume they can just get away with it, but I mean, she's just a world-class stunt performer. She was great. And you guys uh, had Frank Grillo. Yeah. yeah. Um what was he like? He was challenging. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if uh, how much we're we're talking about this in press, but um you know, he wasn't, he was no Nick Cage. Let's, let's say that. Um, I think he really lights up the screen though. I think he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a lot of charisma and, um, you kind of can't take your eyes off of him. Um, so that was, that was great. Um, yeah, yeah there were a couple of, uh, situations, but you know, actors, actors. Oh, actors. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- I mean that that's there, there was a sense of like, uh, uh every the the ensemble was just really really strong in this movie you know it's it's and especially in movies with such you know uh personalities like cage and and frank grillo that it's like hard sometimes they just steal the whole thing you know what i mean and i feel like every every actor in this in this movie at one point or another was like the center of of the scene or whatever was going on. It, it was just great to see everyone, you know, it's like kind of like what I said before, it's just like, there's a lot of like really fun energy happening and it just really, it, it came across. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, someone that really surprised and impressed me was, a uh, Maurice Crump. Um, he actually, um, trained with the same Mai Tai master as, uh, Tony jaw. Um, he, the way he moves is just incredible. So quick and precise. Um, I mean, a pleasure on set, just a, a great guy and just really takes his craft seriously. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd love to work with him again. Another, um, happy surprise was, um, Eddie steeples as Tex. Um, I loved him on my name is Earl growing up. And I hadn't thought of his name in a while and it, and it came up with our, with our casting director and we just jumped on it. Um, I thought, I thought he brought so much to that role. We hope to have him back in, in, in the next one. We got a nice, nice, nice role written for him there. Nice. Uh, but 
another delight to have on set. Just, just, just the sweetest guy. Oh, and Rick Yoon was a fun surprise. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, oh, right. he was yeah. great. <laughs> there was a we were supposed to get a little more Rick Yoon, but there was some some uh, scheduling shenanigans. But they it was it was fun working with him. Another guy that I think really just lights up the lights up the screen. You can't can't look away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was fun. I'm I'm curious, like, um, what's your guys? What's been your experience just now that it's been out? And you know, you said like your Dimitri was checking, like people checking Rotten Tomatoes or and seeing, or, or no, that was in the the interview that I I watched. You said that like it's sort of like the the kickboxer fans have been finding it steadily. I think that the critics were not nice to it. Yeah, I can't imagine they were. Yeah. Do you guys even pay attention to that at I assume Yeah, I mean, so when the movie comes out, we have to come up with ways to prove to people that it worked. So Right. What we ended up getting was a handful of quotes Apple Store star rating which was, you know, uh, I guess that's called Apple TV now. Um, and when the, when we got the Netflix number four, we're like, all right, great. We're good. Yeah. Number four movie in America on Netflix. I mean, you can't really argue with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for kickboxer retaliation, it was Rotten Tomatoes. We got a great Rotten Tomatoes score from critics and, and fans. So that was, that was the metric that, that that we were able to use from that um, that makes sense that there there are just these different metrics that you can rely on just to have the movie do what it needs to do to to prove right. to enough people that it works to watch it and to just uh, get it out there yeah exactly um i mean otherwise you know it's interesting to see what what works for people it's interesting to see the the sequences that stand out for instance the the military camp mm-hmm. extended sequence with tony jaw that was usually the poll for people um or nick cage fighting an alien but um <laughs> for the martial arts fans it was it was usually that sequence and i'm really happy about that because now i can say look we got to do that all yeah. the time we got to do these extended like long chase with a lot of you know acrobatics and because that that's my favorite stuff and now that's i can say shit. everyone talked about it we need more like that um i will say so i i also it. really liked the solution of sticking the hand grenade into the heart. And oh, yeah. that, was cool. <laughs> that was very satisfying. I've got that grenade on my desk. <laughs> nice. A little plastic number, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I feel like that's all my questions around this particular film. Like, Miles. Uh, yeah, I mean, we pretty much covered it. I mean, it's it was just cool. It's just cool to hear someone talk about their experience on a movie like this, because it's, it really is, uh, unlike, uh, other movies that I've seen and especially like other movies in the cage canon that I've, that I've been exposed to. Um, it's, it's nice to have him do like a pretty straight martial arts movie. Yeah. And, and I I am having talked to you now, I'm excited at the idea of you guys being able to, do a sequel because this is the kind of this is the kind of genre work where i feel like action movies lend themselves to sequels better than a lot of other genres because you really can just build on the things that work it's it's like an easy even more than horror which is my number one genre love like you know but i'll watch any james bond movie because they have the formula set they know what works 
and you sometimes it works better than others, but it's just like it's still gonna give me the thing that I want. So I'm yeah. I, I'm excited for you guys that you have two properties that have pretty solid like skeletons that you could just keep building on. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. So are we. Um, we've got some traction on the next kick, next kickboxer, and you know, hopefully, we'll have a, another entry in in both franchises in the next few years. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. It's, and and it's rare too. It's it's good to see the success of like uh, of some good original IP in this day and age because I, you know what I mean. It's True. like we don't. Everything is a sequel reboot of of a superhero thing and. And, you know, although I guess technically this was based on a comic, <laughs> um, you well, know, an original comic. Though. Yeah. But 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 it's cool mm -hmm. because it 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 gives you enough uh, of the world where you're interested in where it could go. Um, but it still leaves it. Uh, I don't know. It, it just leaves it open for uh, like a lot of possibilities. And uh, and there's not. Yeah, you're not you're not tied down to any kind of pre-existing IP, which is yeah, which is and that's refreshing. a good idea. That's a good point. New IP. Let's new ideas. Let's have some new ones. Yeah, and it, and it was funny to your point earlier about the the motivation for the comic. Like we have a new IP, but to work in the industry, like people like it to be based on something. So we made it based on something, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We got to play that play that game still, but yeah. Um, Wait, so, so yeah, you, I'm excited about new IP too. So the the comic was was created, and then you guys could say, "Well, it's based on a comic." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, all over our decks. Yeah, that's so sick. Yeah, no one's gonna find the comic, and yeah. you know the are the, the the people we're talking to aren't. Um, right. So it's oh. like, oh. Comic movies work. Like comics, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids love that, I think. Uh, that's so funny. Well, Tim, yeah. it's been delightful talking to you. Thanks so much for being a guest on our show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was uh, it was really fun. I haven't um, thought this much about jujitsu in a while. Um, um, I, I have a, a couple parting questions. The first of which, yeah, your top three Nicolas Cage movies. Oh God, um, man, that's a curveball. Um, Matchstick Man comes to mind. Uh, Valley Girl. Uh, Got to do a bread and butter one. I'm sure it would be Mandy. I somehow haven't seen it. Um, oh, it's. Yeah. You got you got to get on it. It's, I got it. We're it's, big right. it's amazing. Yeah, That's, we're huge yeah. man right fans alley. over here for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll blow you away. Uh, let me pull one out. I've got to have one more. Oh, Weatherman for sure. Uh, Interesting. Weatherman, huh. Magic Man, Valley Girl. Valley cool. Girl. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the Nick Cage having feelings genre yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go that's a that's a side of the man that we don't we don't uh, people hear people don't rep as hard champion very often yeah yeah so that's i cool. love that movie that movie's so fun yeah great soundtrack great look yeah well th thanks so much guys this yeah. was this was really fun yeah of course man uh this was great oh we do have one more bit of business <laughs> we <laughs> please we ask all of our guests uh to give us a panther roar uh before before they go um so all right. yeah give it a shot Let's see. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That was good. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> All right. cool. I was All trying right. to do the one from like uh, the like sound effect one. I feel like it's from uh, 
a uh, corporate ident or something. Oh yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the one we were using for a while at the top of of all of our episodes. 